Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park This is the place where Black is the main character, where we dive into something new like the latest season of Them, The Scare, and the award-winning American fiction. Or add to the experience by buying or renting the biopic of a legend, Bob Marley, One Love. And add on channels like Paramount Plus and Stars to bask in nostalgia with Beverly Hills Cop and BMF. Explore Prime Video's culture-rated collection and enjoy old-school greats and new-school hits. Restrictions apply. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. This episode of The Huddle is brought to you by the Athletic Club Oakland, my go-to sports bar in the East Bay. This will be a shock to no one. I love watching sports, and I love it even more while at a sports bar. But to be honest, there was a long period of time where I just couldn't find one I really liked. I'd hit a spot that had TVs, but the food sucked ass, or a place that had good food, but they wouldn't show the game I wanted, and the inside felt dark and depressing. It was always some trade-off or sacrifice, and that's done now. The ACO is exactly what I'm looking for. They have a huge space, including an outdoor spot where they shut down an entire street and call to the town guards. They have more than 100 televisions, which can and will show every game you ask for, and they have great food. The ACO has everything. You need to comfortably watch your favorite team in any sport at any time with passionate fans. I love it, and I'm pretty damn sure you will too. The Athletic Club Oakland, where sports fans get everything they want, every day they want it. We're going to bring you on to our huddle. You are in. Where's huddle with me, Bram? No markers today, but with me per usual. My master of all things video and sound, Maxime. How's it going? I seem I couldn't be more excited to announce I'm crazy fired up man fired up like uh, my team was in the finals even though they are not rejoining us after way too long a noted author who is dropping gems for the ringer and our guys at fan sided the former Warriors beat writer for the Bay Area News Group the current host of the Locked on Heat and the Locked on NBA podcast a guy who knows the untold story of Jimmy Butler's dreadlocks and an NBA reporter who is currently in Denver covering the NBA finals, Mr. Wes Goldberg. What's going on, Wes? Is this the first time I've actually done your podcast from a Marriott? <laughs> holy moly, dude. A- another reason to celebrate. I mean, I'm, I'm already drinking during today's episode. I'm going to just go ahead and take a drink Man. in celebration of that. And uh, this feels like a good time to point out how petty I was going to be. But in, in your behalf, the... Final line of the intro was going to be an NBA reporter who is coming to finals that Connor Letourneau is not. But I decided, I mean, for what, dude? You know, I decided I just kept that. In mind. I texted Connor uh, just like, I don't know, just about stuff. And, and he was like, dude, I'm so pumped for you finally covering a finals. And I was like, 
Connor, I've covered a finals. I don't know why he has this like weird mind blank about like, dude, 2019. I was there. I covered it. Like, I don't know what to tell you. Um, but I am equally fired. I'm. It's been so much finals talk, and it's just going to be more finals talk. I'm actually like really like amped to just talk about some teams that are not the Heat and the Nuggets and the NBA Finals, and not the Celtics. I don't want to talk about the Celtics anymore. Like, I want to talk about the Warriors. This is going to be a lot of fun. Quick question before we start. Did you make the intro like three minutes long as a flex just to be like, this is how many great moments we have as Warriors fans? I mean, I think we both know that's not for you. I also am going to be distracted until I say this. Most of my questions are about the Heat and Boston today, so I feel like you're going to be fairly fucking disappointed. But with that in tow, Maxime, explain the length of the video, dude. What do you, why why did you make it so fat? Okay, Wes, there, there is a counter in the top left that counts down yeah. that literally tells you the length of it. So three minutes is obviously an exaggeration. And I feel like that's a slight against us, but it just does. So ha- I don't it think was. there was, that was all killer. No filler. There were no moments in there where you're like, Oh, I guess that happened. Like we know every single moment that happened and that's legendary shit. I don't think it was a slight against us. I feel like it was directly at the master of all things video. I don't I mean, Wes, That wasn't aimed at me in any way. Right. That was, that was all Maxine. Nope. hundred percent Maxine. Yep. Yeah. No, that's what I thought. Oh, yeah, I thought it was a little Lovely. long too. It's weird. It's weird how long it is. We should probably cut that down. Uh, here's, it's a little too long. Here's another reason I was fired up for you today. So, you know, we take to Twitter occasionally to announce our guests. Follow us, by the way, if you want to know who the guest is going to be. And early this morning, I tweet out, couldn't, you know, super fired up, man. Wes is joining us. He's going to tell us big things. And one of the responses I got was this quote, pass. Guaranteed he finds a way to bring up LeBron, even though he won just as many Western Conference Finals game as Steph this year. Never liked his Locked On podcast while he was there. Never bought in as a real Steph or Warriors fan. So I read that, and I get weird. You know, like, I'm worried about you. You and I are similar. If that's at me, I take it super hard. You know, so, like, literally, while I'm sitting here in my feelings thinking it might bother you, I look back at it, and you've retweeted it, which made me like you (laughs) so much, dude. So, you know, nicely played, Wes. Shout out to Dan. Exactly right. At DWRS30, Dan. I mean, unnecessary shot. As I told you on Twitter, this is our guy, but really just a fun interaction for me. Yeah. Look, I when it comes to this stuff, man, like th- this is where I have maybe the thickest of skins. I not I'm not gonna make a long story out of this, but like like from my days covering the the football team at the University of Central Florida for the student paper, um, like even on the comment sections then, that's where I developed a thick skin. People literally like calling me for to get fired off of a student newspaper, you know, and just calling me like the, the nastiest things because I have opinions. So whatever. Am I going to bring up LeBron? I probably will try to find a way. Did I not totally buy into the Warriors when I was covering them for two years when they were in the lottery? Sorry. <laughs> they sucked those years. Okay. What was I supposed to do? In defense of Dan, don't bring up LeBron. You can fuck yourself. I'm still very upset by that. And also, you don't have to tell us a long story, but Maxime, can you prepare us a 10-minute video about his time in UCF? Do you have uh, Do you have some, some ability? It feels a little short, but I'll do my best to cut it down, yeah. Boys, let's jump in. I wasn't joking. I do have a lot of Miami Heat and some Boston Celtics shit, but we're going to start with Warriors news. So this is a glass half full. Wes, you'll remember it. Normally, we use this to look back at recent Warriors basketball. For very unfortunate reasons, there's not a whole lot of recent Warriors basketball to look back on. But there is some unfortunate Warriors basketball news. Uh, We have been stressing about this all year. Uh, We kind of saw the writing on the wall. I was holding on to optimism. But Myers is gone. You know, he, he has decided to leave us. He is moving on for greener patchers. We'll find out what that means. So we're looking back on that, and I'm going to give you something I don't like about it. So 
everything that he was as a team builder, as an actual GM, of course we'll miss. Of course we'll miss. He built a dynasty. His ability to evaluate talent, his ability to bring in talent, all of that means the world to me. But the thing I'm going to miss most is his ability to manage talent. I was looking on The Ringer just today, and Logan Murdoch wrote an article that detailed a lot of the things that Myers did. And it reminded me of all these off-court things. Um, Draymond gets into a fight with KD, and they then re record a podcast that took a bunch of shots at how the, the organization responded to that. Myers was the person who ushered it out, and we didn't really talk about it that much. Wiggins spends a huge nasty absence fielding even uglier rumors and Myers is the guy who goes up and sits next to Wiggins when he gives the return um, you know, uh, press conference. So it's all of these things off the floor. His ability to manage these players, his ability to, to help them through tough times is just going to kill me and don't take it from me. Here's a quote I'm pulling from Draymond's podcast. Quote, I think in life we all need people who hold us accountable and he holds me accountable at a totally different standard. He won't hold me accountable like, oh, I'm the general manager of the team. That's trash. He holds me accountable as a man. He holds me accountable as a leader. He holds me accountable from a friendship standpoint. Whoever they get to come in, I don't know who it'll be. Maybe they'll be phenomenal at the team building side. Maybe they will be. What they won't have is the connection that Myers has that he's weaponized for all those things I just mentioned. So, you know, they might be fine, but I don't like it, man. It hurts me. I do not like that Myers left. Um, all of that is perfectly said, and it really does capture what it is that Bob Myers brings to the table. Bob Myers is a talent evaluator is okay. I don't think he's bad. I actually think he's rather unproven. Let's remember he inherited the roster with the core that, that exists there. Right. And so, and with Steph, you know, in particular. So in terms of like finding superstar talent in the draft or anything like that, you know, James Wiseman, Jonathan Kaminga, Moses Moody, like. Those guys, we don't really know what their futures are. James Wiseman obviously is not in Golden State anymore. Right now, it doesn't look like any of those guys are going to blossom into superstars. But that, I don't even know if that's against Bob Myers because Joe Lacob had, and, and, and that part of, of the front office had such a heavy hand on those decisions. So um, I, I, that's exactly what they're going to miss. I think there was a little bit of creativity when you talk about – I don't know how much credit you give Bob Myers for Kevin Durant. I would argue probably very little, honestly. Um, it just seemed like you know when, they, when it comes to star players, they just want to go where they want to go. Yep. Where the, the the big like I think the the capstone to the Bob Myers resume in terms of team building was the the sign and trade when Durant left to get D'Angelo Russell, maintain that cap slot, and then and you got Andrew Wiggins. That was the championship roster Bob Myers built. That one. Without Andrew Wiggins, the Warriors don't win the championship last year. That's not a hot take. Everybody knows that. He's the second best player on that team. So that that to me is the one thing that that is that that bit of creativity for sure. Can Mike Dunleavy Jr. Uh, a group of lakeups and uh, and whoever else they have in that front office come up with those ideas? Yeah, I, perhaps I think so. I think that's a pretty creative front office, uh, even below Bob Myers. I, I don't have a, but you're absolutely right. It's off the court stuff, and not to turn this into a different conversation, but if Bob Myers is gone and Steve Kerr has one year left on his contract. Do you think twice then about bringing back somebody like Draymond Green, who, if it's if not for Bob Myers and to a lesser degree Steve, I don't know if they could tolerate some of the Draymond Green things, the things that Draymond Green does that could implode other franchises. 
that Bob Myers was able to blunt those those effects. Like I don't know what you do now with that. And so I do think that there is a certain amount of of look. I, I think so much of this in the X's and O's and the Excel spreadsheet part of team building. Like I, I honestly think a bunch of podcasters could do it. It's 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 the the human interactions. It's the leadership skills. It's all that kind of stuff that we don't really see the stuff behind the scenes that does often get reported because the Warriors are such a leaky organization. Uh, but from the Warriors front office perspective, that's the stuff that really separates. And and when you're losing sort of the top of that with Bob Myers, um, yeah, I think you start worrying about okay, is is this sustained excellence starting to, starting to shake a little bit? The people that were able to sustain it is that starting to shake a little bit? The the what this makes me think of just random. Um, off-court scene in Sacramento when the fans were going fucking crazy. We got that video of that fan with the cowbell right behind Myers, shaking it as hard as he possibly could to upset Myers. Myers stood there in a suit, unbothered, arms crossed, and just wore it. Just wore it. And that's what he's done through the dynasty. He's kept his eyes on the fucking prize. It doesn't matter what bullshit cowbell was behind him, what arguments Draymond and KD were having, what drama was going on in the locker room. He constantly just brought professionalism and calm. And that, unfortunately, is exactly what we need this fucking offseason. You know, yeah. the, the needle's eye, the logic flow chart that this offseason is going to go through is Clay and Draymond's contracts. You know, what's going to happen? Are, are they going to be able to take that, that number down? And what they need is somebody who knows them and has a relationship with them and can, can talk with them. Um, this is a super random story and we'll probably cut it, but I'll tell you this to you guys anyways. In freshman year in the dorms, me and a group of people took way too many mushrooms, just way too many mushrooms. And one of the people we took it was with this woman, Tanya, and she lost her shit. Oh, I thought you were going to say Bob Myers. Was yeah, like, Bob, Bob was there, but I'm not, I don't want to, I don't want to, you know, step on, on this is his story to tell. But this woman named Tanya took way too many shrooms and she was losing her shit. She was in our dorm room and, and she couldn't fucking recenter herself. And she was going down a rabbit hole that nobody wanted her to go down. And this guy, she didn't know who I know to be a really good um, personality, a smart guy, a calm speaker goes and sits next to her and tries to talk her down. And two seconds in, she turns to him and goes, who the fuck is this guy? And ran out of the goddamn room. We need somebody who knows Clay and Dre. We may find someone who's phenomenal what they do, someone who's professional, someone who's good at talking, someone who has a good personality, but they won't have the relationship with Bob Myers or, or that Bob Myers has. And if they go and try to talk them into, you know, let's take a smaller contract, I can see them pulling a Tanya and being like, who the fuck is this guy? Yeah. So, and, and I about that story, oh, like, did it, what do you think? Did it, like a good analogy, a little, a little too far. I mean, what, what do you think here? I like the analogy. But it's up to you guys if you want to keep it in. Uh, because if you – I think a lot of people would say, well, you could replace Bob Myers with a lot of different – like Mike Dunleavy Jr. has sort of been groomed and and kind of portrayed as as Bob Myers' light. you know. And so like, okay, maybe he could – and he's been taking on the day-to-day -day duties in the, in the office and things like that. So he could replace some of those things. Could Sean Livingston kind of be that branch between front office and and, and the players? My problem with that is – is Sean Livingston, is he going to be too player friendly? Okay. Because that was here. Bob Myers. Let me organize this, Wes, because this background. is perfect transition. All right. I've got names. We reached out to Twitter. You know, who can replace Bob Myers? All right. Can, before we do this, can I just ask you something? Sure. Why do you think he resigned? Step down, whatever. Here's what I hope. All right. Here's what I hope. I hope that he's climbed this mountain, that he wants time with his family. 
and that this professional challenge is no longer the one that he's interested in. And, and that leads to the quote he gave. This is a job that requires all of your attention, all of your effort, all of your passion. I can't give that. And so I can't be here. What I'm worried about is that he is, his autonomy was fucked with this year. That I, either the coaching staff or the, the, the ownership group, somebody made his job so hard this year that it pushed him away from it. I don't know. I don't know if we'll ever know, but I really hope it's that first one. Um, I was getting the sense when I was still covering the team that that autonomy was being carved into a bit. Uh, and that that two timeline plan, I don't know, um, was the brainchild of Bob Myers. And uh, from people that I still talk with in and around the organization over the last couple of years, it felt like that snowball was just getting bigger and not really melting. And so when I hear, when I watch that press conference and I see Joe Lake up, be like, I still don't really know why he's doing it, but he's doing it. And it's not up to me anyway. It's like, do you not, are you in denial? Like, I'm not saying anything. I'm just saying that if that was the reason why Bob Myers is leaving or part of it, it probably was all of these things, right? It probably was all of these things. Um, like I get it, and and if I were a word, I guess we'll we'll get into that a little bit more. I mean, but, clearly, uh, the two timeline, the two timeline thing worked out, Wes. You you probably weren't watching. J, Jk averaged about thirty Never. minutes during the playoffs. So I mean, like we we the whole thing can really we, worked can out. Can we rewind the tape, Maxime? Can you pull this up? When I said um, that the two Cut timeline plans did not work, and you had me on, I was I was against it all all season long, and then they won the championship, and then you had me on after. And you wanted to take a victory lap, and you were like, "Can we I now did. say that the two timeline plan, the two timeline plan worked?" And I said, "Can I still say it didn't work, even though they won the championship?" And I still feel like it did not work because I feel like they could have probably won more than one championship if they didn't do that in the first place. I felt like they won in spite of it. What's weird is that I now associate with Dan on Twitter. I'm gonna go follow uh, DWRS30 and tell him that LeBron it, should probably get another it's one. You honestly. motherfucker. Okay, now we've crossed a line. 100. All right, I'm going to the people. Well, I want to hear if you think you can replace him. And uh, Maxime, I, I very much want your take on this too. So I'm just going to give you names. We're going to explore this to the postseason, or you know, and then we'll, we'll see how it plays out. I'm going to give you a name. Give me your first reaction. You've already hit one, Sean Livingston. You say Sean Livingston? Mm-hmm. What's your first reaction? If as him as the as the replacement GM. And that, that- this is a very different job from playing basketball. This is a very different job from being a basketball mind. I I am pretty nervous, especially with um, there's a lot of factors converging on this offseason specifically. I wouldn't blame Bob Myers for looking at the new CBA and saying, "Fuck that." <laughs> I I've been painted into a corner by Lacob to design a team that just literally doesn't fit with this role players around two all-stars framework that the CBA is clearly pushing us towards. This is an impossible situation to deal with figuring out ultimately deciding between clay and Draymond, you know, in a year down the line. So I'm going to step away now. I don't think Sean Livingston is any more capable of doing that. He may be, but he's completely unproven in a front office perspective. And I don't, I don't think that's his responsibility within this office. I think he trends more towards being, like you said earlier, somebody that's uh, a liaison with the players. I don't trust him to necessarily make those kinds of hard decisions. 
and and push this team in a direction that it needs to go in when you have to make those hard decisions that are going to make some players pretty uncomfortable. I don't know if we need somebody brand new. Um, same direction, Wes, but different name. Andre Iguodala. So I should I should add some um, color to this. These are Twitter suggestions. These aren't real. Mm-hmm. Sean Livingston's not coming to to take over the GM role. Neither is Iguodala. But those names are thrown at me. Do either of them spark any interest? I don't. I don't know when a former player ever successfully transitioned into general manager right out of playing first year in that way. Yeah, maybe yeah. Maybe first year. You're, you're, yeah, you're too much. You're too much of a player, and that's the thing. The the coach and the players are in the locker room. The general manager's job is to be removed. Right, you have to be removed. You have to have long term vision, and you have to trade these players. You have to be ruthless. Andre Goodell's not going to trade his friends. You're right. Right. He's not going to trade. He's not going to trade Jordan Poole, somebody that he had under his wing, you know, for the last couple of years. He's going to be like, why aren't we paying all these guys? And it's like, no, you're the general manager. You're supposed to determine who not to pay and who to pay. Which is the so player friendly no shit. Here, keep the mic. Mike Dunleavy or Kirk Lacob? Either one. Because those are the presumptive favorites here in the Bay. That, that When no one said that. But they're the people who are already there. Mike Dunleavy is already, you know, taking some of the positions when Myers wasn't available. Do either of those names spark any confidence? Um, they've been, yeah. I think there's a confidence in that you can, you wouldn't, uh, it wouldn't be as much upheaval as it would be if you brought in somebody from the outside who probably wanted their own people. And if what you're trying to do is keep as much continuity as possible, especially in a summer that we could see a lot of, you know, jabs at that continuity, then I, I'm okay with – what I think will happen is Mike Dunleavy – and this is just a guess, okay? I have no reporting behind this, but it's sort of just based on feel and and, and knowing how this front office works is I think Mike Dunleavy Jr. ends up being the general manager and Kirk Lakeup ends up being like VP of basketball and operations or something, and they basically share – duties and bounce things off of each other let me bounce one more idea from him all right this is what this is coming from me it's not reporting it's not going to happen there's not enough timeline for it there's there's just not runway to make it happen but if i could and we had to make this transition here's my idea we pull a brad stevens with steve kerr steve kerr becomes the gm and he has that exact you know that whole tanya thing i was telling you about he has that relationship with Clay. He has that relationship with Draymond. He knows this team. You know, he can, he, we've always talked about it. He's a manager of personalities. He is the, you know, he, he fits this definition. Fuck, he's not a uh, brand new to the GM job. He was GM in Phoenix, you know, so. And he hated it. And he, and he hated it. I don't know if you had to add that. But, but I don't, I don't, I don't hate this idea because he hated it because he wanted to be back closer to the game. Yeah, he wanted go. to coach. Yeah. And now he's coached for a very long time, and that job creates burnout. And obviously, also the GM job, according to Bob Myers. But I think a little bit less than the than the head coaching there job. If I, and I say that in the most respectful way possible to Bob Myers. So that would, but to pull it off, to give you the full the full hypothetical, right? This okay. year, because it's impossible. All the coaching you can't. You're not going to fucking change it. It would be why not Walton? Wait, It'd be Walton. Why not? That, so that would be the coach who came in because he already knows the system. You know, they don't – he went 24-0. They hired Luke coach. Walton as the head coach. So, you know, the, or, or some other coach, I guess. But that would be the guy I would put out there. It's not going to be Nick Nurse. You know, we, all the other candidates aren't even considering us. And this isn't going to happen. You know, Kerr, Kerr is going to be our coach next year, and it's going to be somebody else. But that's the idea I was going to throw out there to you boys. I wouldn't rule that out. Yeah, I, I wouldn't either. But 
you start to see some dominoes falling into place here a little bit. Maybe not in this offseason, but within a year or two. Right? A couple, couple of things, just if you don't mind me backing up. First of all, Dunleavy, as much as we may hate him as a player and what he did for this franchise, right? he is the son of, right, he's a junior. You know, Mike Dunleavy Sr. had a pretty successful, though short, career as a coach, right? Taking that Lakers team to the finals. Um, then he was, you know, the Clippers GM. He he definitely, the point is, is that, you know, I, I, I think everybody learns from their father, ideally learns how to be a better version, take the things that worked, leave the things that don't. There's an, sure. There is certainly reason to suspect that Mike Dunleavy Jr. could be a pretty successful front office executive. If that's the extent Can of Can I say the, one thing about Mike Dunleavy Jr.? Please. I think he's got a really good eye for talent. Knowing the players that he liked in those drafts where I was covering the Warriors, I think he's got a good eye for talent. I'm just that's that's my one point of information. Sure, I'll, I'll, I'll throw in another point. Um, and this is speaking as a guy who booed the shit out of Mike Dunleavy multiple times at the Oakland Coliseum because he has a very complicated relationship with Dub Nation, and you know it, it wasn't uh, it didn't go super well when he was pick number three here. But what pick was Bob Myers? You know, like what the the whole way that we've been evaluating whether or not Mike D is going to be good here has been through his career as a player. Myers wasn't a fucking player at all, and so you know, good players don't make good coaches, and good players don't make good GMs. So the, it's never been the case. We may already have the perfect candidate, and maybe Mike D goes on and and is the is the continuity that we're looking for. Um, but I don't. So back to you, Maxie. Yeah, because the, the flip side of it is he may be the perfect GM for a different reason than all of the reasons that we've been discussing which is to go back to my earlier point about the CBA, he might just be the fall guy. And maybe it's not Mike Dunleavy Jr. Maybe it's just somebody. But look, I'm just, I'm I'm kind of selling myself right now on this Steve Kerr moving into general manager concept that you came up with. It doesn't make sense right now. I don't, I think it's a little bit too quick, but you could totally see us doing the equivalent to what the Celtics are doing. We get through this, the nastiness it's that is year. Draymond Green's player option, yeah. that is Clay Thompson's next contract. If we got to make some tough decisions, somebody does it. And then Lacob can say, Wow, because there's there's no right answer. There is absolutely no right answer for this. So somebody's got to do it. Somebody has to be the person that signs the contracts or doesn't sign the contracts, that gives out the money or doesn't give out the money. It has to happen because time moves forward. But after that, now Steve Kerr doesn't have to take that heat. He can jump into that role. You can promote whoever, you know, Kenny Atkinson, whoever it's going to be. Um, and we're in a much better relationship because Steve Kerr didn't have to be the dick. It's one year. So what one you're saying year. is all they need all they need is an interchangeable pain sponge for one year. Okay, they well, just need a yeah. I mean, they just need a Tom Watson game for a year. Just phenomenal That's all they need. reference. Also, can you ever imagine someone describing, "Look, what I need is a pain sponge," and you saying no? Like, has there ever been a worse description of a job than pain sponge? Like, I feel like I'd be all the way out. But also, I would like to have sex with your wife. <laughs> <laughs> But no, I would but, like to. I'm going to. So only in the right circumstance. Right. If only this doesn't right happen, you know, like I think she would too, but only in the right circumstance. So we'll see where that happens. <laughs> but before we get too far from this Steve Kerr thing, and then I'll push us towards the finals. What I would we never got any of the offers. I don't know what happened, and we never will. But what I would imagine happened if I'm Joe Lacob, what I would have done is thrown an incredible one year deal at my or one year deal at Myers, because Kerr's contract is only another year. And like, what we need is this transition. We need someone to help with the Draymond Clay. What goes on this year? And, you know, I'm sure they went to him and said, you know, like, just one. You tell me. Give me a number. You know, like, I don't I don't want 10 years. I don't want five. I don't even want three. 
just give me this offseason. Give me this offseason, and then we can that make this transition. That would be a lot of money for a roster that's going to be very expensive yep. already. And Bob, I, I, it would have, I don't even know how much money. Like, no GM wants to be just sign themselves up for a lame duck session. Well, and if you right? decided I'm done in any job. I mean, we yeah. can all associate yeah. with jobs where, like, we don't want to do anymore. If you've decided you're done – I don't know if it matters if it's one year or five. You're done. And by the way, that if it was a one year deal, it would have been it would have been leaked immediately, mm-hmm. and he would have lost all credibility with Draymond or Clay or anybody for mm-hmm. trying to sell some sort of vision because yeah. they would have been like, "Well, you're going to be outskis." No, that's in, true. In and and you couldn't use the whole like, "Let's do this together." I'm going to be here. Right. You know, I'm taking less. Uh, so, if I want to complete the Steve Kerr theory here, if you don't mind, I think it would be Jama who takes over as head coach. It'd be give me that again, Jama. Okay. Malela. Yeah. yeah. I think he would be the one that would take over as head coach. Mm-hmm. And Steve would move into like that Brad Stevens, president of basketball operations thing. I really don't know if he has an appetite for that, Steve Kerr. I don't know if he has an appetite for that. My biggest thing right now is, and I don't mean to keep coming back to this and just cut me off if you don't want to have this conversation. Uh, or if you want to have it later. I don't know. But the Joe Lakeup part of this. If Bob Myers left because of reduced autonomy under the Joe Lakeup regime, Steve Kerr was not is not going. Steve Kerr is going to try to be as removed from that as possible, and you could do that as head coach. Joe Lakeup feels like he can he and the Lakeups have a say on what this team is doing from a personnel perspective. There's no doubt about that, right? And he's been very open about that. What he doesn't do is call plays in the huddle. He doesn't do any of the coaching stuff. He doesn't do anything that Steve Kerr does. So right now, Steve Kerr does not feel a lot of that heat. But I do wonder if you if you would have any trepidation about going into a general manager role, being like, well, Bob just left. Because of because he felt like this was a problem. So why would I inherit these problems when I'm not dealing with these right now and I got one year left on my contract? Why would I do that? This is the ugliest version of why this has happened. The um, What's the Bill Simmons line? The disease of me. You know, that after a dynasty and after multiple championships, people start wanting more and more credit. And well, it- let's be honest. He, he inherited a team that was ready, like, like ready to go. And I think some of the stuff that Joe Lacob has done from a business perspective next level like in that sense that's where they were light years ahead i give all the credit in the world to joe Lakeup from building the warriors into this even like if they would have won one champion maybe even two championships i don't know the spurs won a bunch of championships they're not like this booming business like he created the business around the championships but he did not build the championships no, he, no that was steph curry bob well, myers and steve Kerr, well, but mostly steph the the so let me be crystal clear on this um having watched cohan Having lived literally through decades of ineptitude at the ownership position, Lacob has been a fucking godsend, and I consider him a gift, you know? And willing to spend the money. That, and and, and, so and much credit of all the things, really, of what owners do, players play, coaches coach, GMs build the team, owners, owners spend write checks. money. That's what they do. And he has done that better than anybody else, than anybody else. So he deserves all that credit. But if I'm looking for tea leaves about why I'm worried, Chelsea Lane, Jerry West, he has made a couple of weird decisions where it's kind of been like, no, 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 I know better here. And up until now, that hasn't mattered. I really hope that's not what happened with Bob Myers. You know, I really hope there wasn't some yeah. shit when he was in there, when they, if they wanted to trade the young guys and Lakeup told them, no, I really hope that's not what went down. And we won't, you know, we won't know. I don't think we'll ever actually get that clarity. Uh, 30 years from now, we might know. So this is the worst, worst case scenario is that the Golden State Warriors are the next Dallas Cowboys, where they have a decade of excellence, and their owner gets high on his own supply, kicks all the people out who are not yes-men, who are not interchangeable pain sponges, kicks all of them out, and thinks that he knows best, and ends up being the 
the the general manager of the team basically and making all these personnel. That's what Jerry Jones did. Worst case scenario, I'm not like I'm not predicting this to happen. I'm just saying worst case scenario if I'm a Warriors fan is that Joe Lakeup turns into Jerry Jones 2.0. All of us are thinking of it. All of so I do not I do not think that's what's going to happen. I'm not. I I do not. Um, but I have I I, guess I shouldn't say all of us. I have had multiple drunken conversations when when we're when we're revealing what we're most worried about. That's the thing that ultimately comes up. You know, oh, and I'm, so listen, I'm not th- I'm not thinking I'm, I'm worried about it, but I'm not thinking about it. And that's just protectionism. I don't want to. This is not fun anymore. I'm not having a good time. I don't want to hear about this. Fucking Wes. Goddamn, Dan, you were right. We should have passed on this cool. fucking guy. What, what's the conversation we want to have? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, we will cover it later. But look, glass half full. <laughs> it's it's hard to give that to you for the Myers thing. You know, it just is. We. Multiple- I'll give it to you. Go ahead. Uh, kind of what I was getting at before. I think that there's good talent evaluators in that front office. And if they're able to have a say, if we're looking at what really is going to be the next phase of this Warriors era, right, where it's maybe compete for a championship every other year, whatever it's going to be, you know, maybe every few years you got a chance at it. I think talent evaluation is going to be even more important. And if you're getting – and look, Draymond Green, opt in, opt out, resign, sign, trade, whatever you do, he's getting older, right? Like Steph's getting older, Clay's getting older. There's another side of all of this. Uh, it's a matter of when, not if, right? And so if you can install somebody now who could build up a, a rep and credentials and kind of do the work until and, and and earn like a reputation and some heft in that front office, that when it comes time to to transition into the next phase of whatever the Warriors are, and that person is creative and new and and fresh with ideas and. Uh, and rejuvenated in a way that Bob Myers self-admitted is was not. Yep. He was not engaged in that way. I think that would be. I love that the, the half full version. Here, of this. I'll give you another one. Um, Lakeham's quote when they asked him about the new CBA, he said, "We don't care about the rules. We will win." I'm going to add a different thing actually. So before I said, "What can owners do? They only spend money." That's only half true. Here's the other thing they can do. Owners sometimes treat these as like investments. You know, all they want to do is make money. That's what Cohan did. And so the, the fact that the team was making money, it didn't have to win. So he didn't make it win. That is not who Lakeup is. Lakeup fucking is a competitive SOB. And for him to come out there and say, look, we are going to win regardless. We got the quote in front of us here. Uh, when asked about the new CBA quote, we're going to win no matter what. I don't care what the rules are. So he is competitive. He wants to. This isn't an investment for him. It's a thing that he wants to dominate. And he's got money. So, you know, the, that's a, that is a powerful as shit combination. And there's a lot of reasons for optimism going into the next Warrior season. But I'm going to save it, Wes, because we're already 33 minutes in and I haven't asked you any of the shit that I had planned. So we're going to move off to our golden questions. And it's a Wes edition. So, you know, this is our mailbag, man. It uh, always deals with the Warriors, but not today. It's all Miami Heat shit and occasionally gets personal. Here's the first quote What the hell? is heat culture and why does every single team try to emulate it so i've been hearing fucking heat culture all over the place now that they've gone to the fucking finals and we've heard it a thousand times in fact it was part of an article that you wrote uh december of 2022 the article was called how far can culture take the miami heat so you feel like the right guy to ask this question what's heat culture what what does that mean to you I've actually been giving this a lot of thought, and and I gave it a lot of thought because I wrote that story, uh, number one, um, and I've, I've given it 
maybe even more thought during these playoffs because this is not a team that looks like a team that should be in the NBA Finals. I mean, they're the first eight seed ever to make it to the finals in a non-short, uh, non-lockout shortened season, right? This doesn't happen. Um, I think it's really easy as like a talking head kind of point to say, well, you know, that's the culture or whatever, and then move on and not really have any explanation. I think it comes down to two things, having observed this team over the, over the years, and this one specifically. I think it comes down to accountability and sacrifice. Like it's it's that Pat Riley book, the disease of me, that whole thing, right? Like that's why that that's where that Bill Simmons quote comes from. Like it's it's accountability and it's sacrifice. It's Kyle Lowry saying maybe I'm a future future Hall of Famer. I'm gonna come off the bench. It's cool. I'm gonna I'm gonna just rest for two months in the, at the end of the regular season. That's fine. I'm good with it. It's Udonis Haslam being like, I'm gonna play 20 years, but play in quotations. You know, like I'll you know I'll be here. Like whatever, I I just I I think I could play, but it doesn't matter. I'm not going to push the, push the issue. Um, it's Kevin Love coming in, accepting a starting role right away after not playing in the Cla- the Cleveland rotation, and then willingly going back to the bench when uh when it was needed, yeah. and then coming back in, and then going back to the bench. It's Caleb Martin crushing it as a starter, and then going back. It's it's all these things. It's it's also that accountability and film sessions and saying like. Hey, man, you're not a good shooter. Be a better shooter. It's those things. Uh, there's a story about Eric Spolstra years back in, uh, I think it was 2016. It was after the Big Three era where they drafted Josh Richardson out of Tennessee in the second round. And he was kind of going through the mo- – on an off day, was at the at the practice facility, kind of going through a shooting drill. And Eric Spolstra happened to be there. And Spo, even though it was an off day, was like, well, we're both here. It's an on day now, huh. you know? And and starts screaming drills at Josh Richardson, and Josh Richardson's doing them, and he keeps saying, "Do it again, do it again, do it again." And Josh Richardson's like, "Dude, it was my off day. Like, I should just get bonus points for being here." And he's like, "No, like that's not that's not how this works." And he I think, like slaps him in the chest at one point and says, "Do it again," you know, and and just keeps getting him to do it until like it's these shooting drills until he breaks his record, uh, whatever record he had set, and he goes. And he finally breaks the record. It took like 10 times doing the shooting drill. And Josh Richardson literally retelling the story says, I was going to throw up. You know, it was like that on his off day. And Eric Spolstra at the very end goes, like, grabs his shoulders and, and, and then smiles for the first time all day after Josh Richardson breaks his record. He goes, Now you got it. Now do that every time you do this shooting drill. How does it, that, yeah. How does it compare to Warriors culture? Because that's the other thing that we've been leaning on. Uh, under Lacob, under Kerr, in this dynastic world, you know, we we yeah. say that the Warriors have championship culture. Um, and you know, mm-hmm. be gentle. I'm in a weird place right now, having just no, no. I've got, I, I love this. Yeah, so, I've got it. Yeah. Um, there's no right way to do these things. You're you just have your way of doing it, right? And Eric Spolstra is cut from the same cloth as Pat cloth as Pat Riley, and Jimmy Butler is cut from that cloth, and and all the guys that are on this team right now that are playing in the finals are all cut from that cloth, and that's why they've succeeded and they've binded together. But there's a lot of years where that didn't work, right? Like Hassan Whiteside, that did not work out. Deion Waiters, like they, they keep kind of cycling through these guys and they finally found a group that works for them. Uh, the same could be said for the Golden State Warriors. How many times have you seen a guy come in and not buy in who's super talented? Kelly Oubre, first name off my head. Mm. Super talented. That was your guy. You were a huge Kelly Oubre guy. I mean, was- I've always been a Oubre yeah. guy. Yep. <laughs> I'm glad you remember that. Um, you still have that tattoo, really right? Player. I mean, it's a full face in. on your back. I mean, of course I remember it. It's a, it's a very large tattoo. Yeah, I'm surprised I showed that to you. Um, <laughs> it was what it was. <laughs> too many too many beers after a podcast. <laughs> um, I, 
I, I do think that the Warriors have their own culture. It just might be the opposite of Heat culture, where the Heat are put on your knee pads, get bloody, and and foxhole kind of mentality. The Warriors are kumbaya. Join buckets. They're the sense to Phil Jackson. Join buckets, right? Like nobody, no one in Miami is being like join buckets as their fucking as the go to um, phrase that we had like two years ago here in Golden State. It's just right. a different thing. It's a different thing, but it works because it's authentic. Because it comes from Steve Kerr and it comes from Phil Jackson. Right, just like it comes from Eric Spolster, which comes from Pat Riley, and and you've got like not only do you have like the credentials, like from at the very top, kind of pouring this culture into everybody that's beneath them, but they truly believe it. And sometimes it doesn't work. You're not winning the championship every year, and sometimes you're really disappointed. But if you keep, if you're authentic about it, and it's your true sort, and I, I like to do this too. I like to take the capital C off and just do a lowercase C and just do workplace culture. Which, if you go to any business, like they all have some sort of mission statement, sure. right? And that's just what Golden State's mission statement is. It's authenticity, get to know everybody. Hey, everything's going to be all right. Bigger picture in mind. Just go out there, you know, enjoy, right? right? The joy during the, the Kevin Durant era. Sure. Everything was about joy, joy, joy. The, I don't know that I've ever heard the word joy used in the Heat facility. It doesn't exist there. Uh, but it works for the Warriors, and the heat thing works for them, and 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 it works. But you have to have people who know what the vision is. And I think the biggest similarity between the Warriors and the Heat, and I can say this uh, having covered both teams intimately, everybody from the top down believes it and buys into it. And that's the most important thing, and that's a thing that every organization is truly trying to create. They're not trying to create heat culture, yeah. right, with the undrafted guys and all that stuff. No, what every organization should want is a culture that everybody is buying into. Take off the capital C, lowercase, just a biz, a mission statement that everybody knows, understands, can repeat verbatim, and gets behind, and then most importantly, can execute. Yep. And then obviously, have our players that can help do that. That makes perfect sense. Um, so, Maxime, personal question. Yeah. Uh, West did a phenomenal job of navigating us through that. It wasn't Warriors versus Heat. They were both successful. They both have shots. You know, they, they don't have to be the same. All of that. Also, because my team is losing, I hated all the positive things about the Heat. It just hit me in an ugly place. I can't, I can't hear anything about another team's success when my team is not having success. Where are you on that spectrum, dude? Like, did you hear it and appreciate it? Did it, did it hit you in an ugly place? Like, how did you experience that? Well, the whole time I was thinking about how close we were to actually having a showdown of the cultures in last year's finals, right? I mean, Heat Celtics went to oh game seven God. in 2022 and how incredible would that finals run have been? Um, and especially because it would have put that to rest in the same way that it would have, you know, the LeBron Steph head to head, the record speaks for itself. I would have loved to have beaten the Heat last year in the finals so that we could now no longer talk about whose culture is better. The proof is in the pudding. You know what I mean? Is that a is that a no legit? Is that a talking point among Warriors fans? Like whose cultures is better? No, no, no. certainly oh, we haven't okay. thought up until literally this question right now. No one's thought about whose yeah. culture in Golden State All right. in any way, shape, or form, except for Dan, who's been thinking about how much he hates you. And doesn't like the comparison between cultures at all. And again, Dan, we really appreciate you.
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. This is the place where Black is the main character, where we dive into something new like the latest season of Them, The Scare, and the award-winning American fiction. Or add to the experience by buying or renting the biopic of a legend, Bob Marley, One Love. And add on channels like Paramount Plus and Stars to bask in nostalgia with Beverly Hills Cop and BMF. Explore Prime Video's culture-rated collection and enjoy old-school greats and new-school hits. Restrictions apply. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. To our second golden question, quote, um, I'm stuck in Western Conference world, so please apologize to Wes for the ignorance, but just how good is Jimmy Butler and how do you get there? So I'm going to hijack this one, all right? That's kind of an open-ended question. Instead, I'm going to give you some more specific ones. Here's the first, and I love this. So, you know, I'm it's part of the intro and a little bit jokey, but Wes wrote a story about Jimmy Butler's for the ringer, uh, the untold story of Jimmy Butler's dreadlocks. And here's a quote from it, because I just love it. Uh, this is from Abdebayo from BAM. Stay petty, so you ain't got to get petty. And then here's Wes's follow-up. For Jimmy Butler, petty is his natural state. It's the one he perpetually exists in. Some, even his own teammates and friends, call him a troll. Those around him confirm that his outward-facing persona is the same as how he behaves in his private life, or life only perhaps a bit dialed down. Wes, what did you mean here? Stay petty. You ain't got to get petty. Give me some descriptions here. Who is Jimmy Butler? Well, I hope I wrote it clearly enough where I don't have to explain it. Well, I could just read the entire fucking article throughout this podcast, but I feel like that's not what people tuned in for. So instead, I'm asking for an insight from the author. Okay. Um, (laughs) I I think Jimmy Butler has a very unique leadership style. All right. And it kind of gets back to that culture thing that I was talking about, like the Steph and, and like you, the culture that you're trying to fit as an organization has to like has to be embodied by your star player. And I think in the case of Jimmy Butler and Dwayne Wade before him, uh, it does um, the stay petty. Like that's sort of like the joking part about it. But what I thought was really interesting in talking to people for this story was it wasn't enough for Jimmy to just get the dreadlocks and do the petty thing of him trying to have his photo for the rest of the season with these dreadlocks that he was not going to have for the entire season, which was, and I had confirmed this, 100% his motivation, and I love that. And I love that about him. Um, But the fact that he involved everybody around him, he's got a group of people that he surrounds himself with, friends, family, uh, business associates, all these things, and he brings them everywhere, and he hangs out with them, and he empowers them, 
And more importantly, he involves them in all of this. He could have just went to any salon and gotten the dreadlocks done with the extensions and, and just done the thing, and then that be the end of it. But he had to do a whole day of it. He, it was a whole New York-themed, uh, Harlem-themed thing. He wore Timberlands the entire time. Um, he, he flew out his, his most trusted um, uh, hairstylist, Diamond, who I talked to for that story, who was phenomenal. And the in the information that she gave me, uh, and it just and everybody, Chris Brickley was there during the whole thing, like getting up shots with him in between like breaks and stuff. Like he was playing dominoes, he was playing music. Like he's just involving everybody in his life and made it like a, t- a team event. And I, I, it doesn't take much of a leap to go from that to be how that how that it, how that is similar in the locker room for Miami and just being there in the locker room in Miami with the music playing after losses. Because he's just he's involving everybody, he's keeping everybody together, uh, and he. When you talk about, hey, this is the mission statement. This is what we have. We have to get everybody in lockstep. Him doing those things is a way of getting everybody on the same page that he's already on. I was thinking. So at the end of that game seven, there was um, there was a little bit of film of Pat Riley coming down from whatever suite he was in, and they're just kind of doing a little lap around Boston, which means a lot because Pat Riley's history as a Laker and shit. And what I thought to myself was that there's never been a better pairing between someone in the free or front office and an actual player than Jimmy Butler and Pat Riley. You know that that whole stay petty so you ain't got to get petty. Fucking Riley going down there. And, you know, they, they was there to watch yep. the win. They had won to go down and make sure everyone noticed like, oh, you guys may see that here I am walking around this fucking garden that I've already owned was as petty and as phenomenal as I could fucking imagine. And, you know, good for their pairing. Um, but let me weaponize this to, to make it clear how good he is. This question, right? You know, uh, the, how great is he following this run? Do you consider Jimmy Butler to be part of the NBA's elite? And and let's make that more specific. Can he be the best player on a championship team? Yes, and I believed that last year when they were shot away from making the finals. Uh, I was a believer at that point. That's when I was fully a believer. Uh, I believe it even more so now. The thing that makes Jimmy Butler so great is is not necessarily the pettiness, although I'm sure that feeds into it. It's what he does not do on the court. He never turns the ball over. He never fouls like ever and he defends at an all in literally an all NBA level and he scores at an all NBA level and he and he has like a 30% usage in the playoffs and he just doesn't make mistakes like this is a, and unlike a lot of sort of our 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 predatory type of wings LeBron, Kawhi, Paul George, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, all these guys he he actually plays defense as hard as he plays offense um, you know what I thought watching that game, and I've used this line before, uh, but have you ever seen an NBA athlete in the wild? Have you ever seen them walking around? They walk different. They walk like jungle cats. There's an athleticism that just fucking spills off them. It's just, it's not how we interact with the world. It's how uber athletes walk in the world. When I was watching Jimmy Butler during that game seven, he was walking around like an alpha male on the fucking court. He wasn't forcing it in that first quarter. He was kind of waiting for his spots. But nothing about his his body language, nothing about his demeanor screamed that this moment was too big. It all screamed, I'm here to win, and let's see how this plays out. Now, let me pause. Let me say, 
I still believe in the motherfucking Warriors. This isn't a heat fucking podcast. I think we are returning right back to prominence next year. And for everybody who's a little frustrated that we're going this deep, I, you know, it is what it is. The fucking heat made the finals. We got to explore it. But I at least wanted to say that. Here's my last question about Jimmy Butler. If we've got that quote, Maxine, that YouTube shit I shot you, let's go ahead and play this before I ask the question itself. Here's Jimmy Butler early in the Eastern Conference Finals. And if you go back all the way to that night against Chicago and the play-in, did you think then that something like this would be possible? Damn right. I did. Damn right. We did. Um, and the best part about it is we still don't care what none of y'all think, honestly speaking. Um, we don't care if you pick us to win. We never have. We never will. So what I loved about that is nobody asked him, Wes, do you care about what we think? And he, he just <laughs> shoehorned it in. You know, like, not at all. So the question is, do you believe it? Because I kind of do. Does he? Uh, the, I would say something like that, but I would I wouldn't mean it at all. I would be desperate about your guys' opinion. I'd be hell of concern. I get the feeling that Butler genuinely does not give one fuck about what anybody else thinks. Am I right? For the most part, I do <laughs> think that he relishes in the idea that he does get to shoehorn that in. Because if you if you don't care about it, then you don't talk about it, right? It's true. You don't make it a point to shoehorn it in there when you weren't asked about it. Uh, and he's made that comment before uh i remember right before the playoffs after they beat chicago to get into the playoffs he was asked a similar question he was like none of y'all gonna pick us we don't care with all due respect but we don't care i think that's almost a perfect quote um nailed it uh <laughs> but I, I i think he i i think he wouldn't care if everybody was picking the heat then i don't think he would care but I think he does relish it. I think he likes the the slights. I think he like any any superstar at that level. Like they all they all just use it as a little bit of bubbling motivation when they need it. Weaponize it. You weaponize the distrust and and you move on. Which it. is why the Nuggets, by the way, keep t saying we don't care that they're the AC. They're a really good team. They deserve to be here. It's that Belichick thing. Like when you really start complimenting the other team a lot, that's when you know you've got no chance against the New England Patriots. That's not what I'm really saying about the Heat and the Nuggets. But it is a, it's like the opposite version of that. The Nuggets are going to keep saying. Great things about the Heat so that they're not the enemy necessarily. Here's our last golden question. Um, and I'm going to hijack it. I'm going to phrase it my own way. All right. So assume somebody comes to you and they let you know, look, bad news. Two really bad things could happen to you. Uh, there's nothing we can do. You're going to have to go through one of them. But I'm going to let you choose. It's up to you. You get to choose your shitty path. Path number one, your fucking favorite team makes the conference finals, but they get swept. They get their ass kicked. That through four games, they're going to be the favorites. They're going to be the one seed. They're going to play the eighth seed, but they're going to get swept. Option number two, they go down 3-0, but incredible comeback. They're facing history, but incredible comeback. They scream back. They win three. They go back home. You're going to think they're going to rewrite history. They're going to make all of these references to a baseball scenario where they ultimately came back. You're going to show up. Everyone thinks they're going to win. But then you're going to shit the bed and lose by 20. You have to pick one of those two. Which would you pick? Uh, Maxine, we haven't heard you from a while. If you had to go through one of those, dude, what's worse? Because Boston fan, and it couldn't happen to a fan base I hate more, had to go through the latter of those two. For you, which would be worse? To be clear, I do not ever want to be swept. However, I am going to remember the Boston flame out. The Boston losing by 20. All of the, the emotions that caused me to go from, holy shit, they're down 0-3 to, oh my God, it's 3-3. to They could actually pull this off. They're going back to TD Garden for game seven. 
that imprints more memory already right like uh, who who did who did the nuggets sweep um already in the western conference finals i barely remember because it just sort of happened and it was over in a blip right like neither of those things are good scenarios but at least when you get swept it's over and you can move on from it you don't have to think about it all that much the emotions imprint the memory and i would never want that for my team let's crescendo you to, uh, to you wes i'll go next here this is the godfather answer right when i thought i was out they sucked me back in you know, like I'd much prefer by the three zero, like I'm done, you know, like I've, I've already kind of thrown up all the guards around my heart and like it is what it is and it sucks. And I'll watch that last loss, but like I'm pulling out for me to have decided it's done. And then all of the emotional rehab that would have to happen for me to go all the way back up that mountain and be like, oh, my God, OK, I'm reopening. I think we could actually do it and then have it slam back in my face. I couldn't handle it. There'd be an, uh, an emotional break. I, I would lose my mind. I'd become schizophrenic or something. So, no, I'm out. I'll take the sweep. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm going to go I'm gonna go the seven-game series. That's what I want. Oh. I want I, I want the heartbreak at the end. I want the raw emotion. I want to feel something. I just <laughs> – just, <laughs> You like to play bitey? Do, do you have like, yeah, yeah I want to play bitey. <laughs> yeah, I want to I be Roman at the end of the penultimate episode just jumping into a – a, a sea of blue life matters people or whatever that was and just and just get nailed in the face yeah no i mean look i, I think i come from this from my, a very specific perspective of i was and am a journalist clinging on to the emotion of it i don't want to i don't want to be totally objective i want to be i want to care if the heat win or lose i want to care if my teams win or lose that i grew up rooting for and so much of this job does its best to strip that part of you away that i'm clinging on to it Give me the feel. Give me the feeling. Because I've also had this version, like, almost, like, sustained the godfather just enough to pull you back in and then break your heart at the end in my NFL life. The Miami Dolphins have been doing this for 20 fucking oh. years, okay? <laughs> you poor, poor Nine man. and seven every goddamn year, man. <laughs> We're right there every year just on the edge of the playoffs. And you know what, man? I'd rather be that than uh, what the Detroit Lions were for those 20 years. You know what I mean? Where you're just, all right, I guess we oh, we just suck again. We're just going to talk about the draft for 365 days this year. Awesome. Like, no, give me that Give me that emotion. I just want to feel something. So give me the seven games every time, every time. I'm out on that. I don't like feeling sad in any, in any way. And like the second I get close to it, I start like running away from it as fast as I can. So no, it, it would not hit me in the right place. All right, to our best around segment. This is the one I did with you. For the first time ever, you'll remember, I like the name because it lets us play the song from Karate Kid. So I can only imagine it's happening behind us right now as we speak. So you can enjoy that, even though we can't actually hear it. I'm going to give you a series of questions. You tell me the, the quickest answer that comes to you as I give them to you. Here's the first, the best coach in the series. Are we talking about the finals? Mm -hmm. I mean, is there oh, another series cool. going on? I mean, you know, there's only one fucking series at this stage. Stanley Cup. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> Rest assured, I'm going to ask you Panthers no hockey baby. questions. There will be no hockey okay. questions today at any point. Eric Spolstra. Why? So I knew you were going to say that. Really, this is an entry point into why. Yeah, you gave play. me a softball to start. Okay. <laughs> um, Actually, tell me more about the hockey series. Do you have any takes on that? Do not. Tell me why fucking Spo is, is as good of a coach as he is. Well, you want to ride a hot goalie. Um, I think uh, I think Eric Spolstra is just in his prime right now. I think he's like I think he's twenty twenty one Steph or twenty twenty two Steph. I think he's 
2016 LeBron. I think he's 2018 Kevin Durant. Like that's what Spo is in his bag, man. Like right now, like he's got an adjustment for everything. He's got plan A, B, C, D, all the way up to Z. He is not getting out coached in a series. He's not getting out coached in a game. He's not getting out coached in a quarter. Like this dude is flat out dominating right now. The Heat are so well prepared. They are not the most talented team in the NBA. Oh, no. They are not talented enough to be in the finals. They have two players so who are the undrafted. reason why they're in the finals? If it's not the talent, then it must be the coach. And he is that dominant. He dominated the Eastern Conference. He dominated Mike Budenholzer, got him fired. Dominated Tom Thibodeau, who won Coach of the Year a couple years ago. Dominated um, uh, uh, Joe Missoula and that Brad Stevens cohort in Boston. Just made minced meat out of him. Like, he's crushing it right now and i think michael malone is an awesome coach but i think eric spolstra is the best coach not just in the series but in the nba and i don't think it's close i, I think it's sort of he's a tier unto himself right now where he's at seems to be common knowledge seems to be everyone's response so I, i'm not going to push back instead what i'm going to say is maxime go back and every time he said bleep it bleep what i just said too and that's definitely going to happen so go ahead and make sure that goes down here's our next best around best movie snack you're at a movie you gotta buy one you only get one dude only get one one yeah just one you can only walk in there with one snack with you what do you take all right i know i'm gotta be quick here but this is an important question there. do does the does the drink count or no. not wow. Great drink- no good 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 uh it's we're only eating drink is a separate uh a separate consideration so i can have my soda yeah. and i can have one snack yeah. i get one snack with it oh all right um okay I'm going to go Sour Patch Kids. Wow. The reason I asked for the drink is because I wanted the popcorn. Yeah. yeah right? Sure. Without, the pop, yeah. without the drink, then you're then then you're just in hell after like five minutes with popcorn. And you just keep but, doing it too. Just keep eating it as if eating more is going to make you less thirsty. But it does not. Right. And it does not work in any way. It just gets uglier and no. uglier. Uh, but I, I love Sour Patch Kids, and I wanted to give you a different answer. I don't know that I believe it, but that's my answer. I'll take it. Mine's equally as random. One that isn't even fucking offered in most movie theaters anymore. I go Juju Fruits. I was a huge fan of those. Love a juju they're fruit, fantastic, dude. Too. I like the consistency. Yep. They're really can I good. You, can I tell you a story box? about Juju Fruits? Oh, please. Of course. All right. So, there, you know those, uh, what, the claw games, right? Where you put in a quarter or whatever oh, and you yeah. try to grab Black candy? Uh... It moves. Um, it, <laughs> I think um, I, there was this, I was at Disney World with my parents when I was like, I don't know, like, let's call it 10, right? Whatever, doesn't matter. Um, and they had a claw game at the hotel that we were staying at with the candy thing. And there was a, like that little bullshit box of Juji fruits that has like literally Juji fruits are large pieces of can. There's like three of them in there. Yes. And, and one of them's black and nobody wants that one. And right. You have the one black licorice one yeah. that you throw out. And then one's you're lemon, food, and you're like, hey, what are you going to do with that? Right. So, but I wanted it so bad, man. I wanted it so bad. I swear to God, dude, I spent $10 on this fuck for three pieces of Juji. Three, so that's how much I like Juju Fruits. Great callback, Bram. Appreciate that's it. My, it's my go-to. Uh, Maxime, what's your answer here? Because I noticed that you were shaking your head dismissively at the Juju Fruit response, which bothered me. Uh, no, no, no. It, it, it's, it's more the categorical lack of respect for the world of chocolate. I, 
I, yes, I'm not a chocolate guy. No, not at movies. <laughs> movies, chocolate at movies is for weirdos. It's people who like crunch berries. I would not. I don't get chocolates at movies. Oh wow. Okay, we're about to split this three ways, aren't we? Because we either <laughs> toss crunch berries in there. It's a drinking episode. Things are. There's only one nasty. correct uh, chocolate answer. Wow. Uh, there crunch. Are many correct. Yep. What? Did yeah, Bram's crushing this, Let's man. Go. Bram's crushing it's, this. It's called Bunch of Crunch, not Nestle's Crunch. Crunch, okay? And that What's was going answer, to be my answer. Bram, that was going to be my Bram, answer, okay? Okay, there you go. My God, okay, no, but hold on. Did we say, did, did I, I missed this because drinking episode. Did you say that we also, like popcorn is, is a given? No, no, no. Uh, the drink is the given. You only drink get one thing right. to eat. Uh, so okay wow that, that that makes it very difficult because i'm mean, popcorn is an absolute staple because you can house it perennially forever and and if i do only so i love because i love the salt chocolate combo i've loved it forever i used to are you one of those freaks that like mixes the chocolate into the bag of popcorn i don't, so don't but i do respect getting. like the people that put specifically reese's pieces into the into the popcorn so that it kind of melts and gets the butter on it and then you occasionally get a reese's right. and pieces then just, bite and then it's just your... like weird handful weird handfuls i mean of peanut weird butter. is a is like, a weird way to put it i would say glorious but sure yeah to each his own <laughs> eating chocolate and peanut butter with your hands is strange but more strange is when you said that popcorn is housed perpetually forever what does that mean and why is that an advantage <laughs> Yeah, because you, you finish you, if you get three jujubes, you finish that before the fucking previews are over, man. That's why it's an advantage. What are you talking about? Juju fruits. And nobody sells those small bullshit Disney World packages at the movie theater. So I feel like this is how much I dislike Maxime's take. Le- it's like, oh, no. Leave it. Leave it. Le- Le- we'll take gotta go find that one too. Back, back <laughs> to the finals. Best roster, Wes. Looking at these two teams, who's got the best? Denver. Team? Uh, best player, Denver. Who? Big Michael Porter Jr. guy. No, it's uh, <laughs> it's uh, Jokic. Yeah. Um, second best player, Jimmy. Uh, yeah, yeah. Best home court advantage, Denver. Dude, that altitude, that's crazy. Did you yeah. see Coach Spostra's quote on that today? Did they want to tip it yeah, in Everest? Send it to Mount Everest. I mean, he's okay. Can I just talk about Spo? When I talk about it in his bag as a coach, absolutely. In his bag, also in these press conferences, one thousand percent. All right, he said that they before after losing Game Six, going into Game Seven, I thought he was going to flip the press conference table. He was so amped up about playing that Game Seven. He's like, "We got to play right now, right now, no, right now." He was like a coke addict needing cocaine right now. Like it was nuts. And then he actually had the audacity to say, "We're going to get on that bird and fly to Boston and play this game." He called a plane a bird. Like, who does that? Who will have the most petty press conference moment during the finals? Because Mike Malone, not to be outdone, real early on, was like, this is the first fucking uh, series I've ever had people tell me we're going to lose because of Rui Hachimura's defense on Nikolai uh, Jokic. So, like, he's capable of bringing some anger and flipping some tables in there as well. You used the word petty before, and if it is if petty is the question, then I'm going Michael Malone. He is <laughs> he is up that petty game in these press conferences. Under Spo is like just like cliches and tropes and all these things. Just fills it, just stuffed it, stuffed in these press conferences. But Michael Malone's bringing the pettiness. I appreciate it. Back to I don't know more important, less important. I mean, up to you. And we're over an hour now, so I apologize for taking this much time. But up to you on which one of these two you want to fucking answer. Either the best airport you've been to or the best chip flavor. Both exceptionally important questions. 
airport can get pretty divisive because then you get city loyalty and stuff like that. What I will tell you, not Miami and not St. Louis. Screw both of those airports today. <laughs> uh, chip flavor, original. What do you mean original? Original what? Like Doritos, Ruffles? Oh, do I get? Oh, I, oh, I get the specific brand yeah, too. Me, I thought me, you know, like if you're gonna go buy some flavors. chips, dude. Oh, okay, what are you okay. buying? Because you know, like everybody's got sour cream and onion in their yeah, version. No, of I, want, oh, okay. I want a specific um, thing. Okay, I'll, I'll stick with it. Uh, original Pringles. It's a terrible call. That's a, that's a, second. I know everybody disagrees with me boring. on this. I am absolutely right. It's the best one. It's not. Um, it's terrible. <laughs> it, it's amazing. Is. Do you have a follow up? Is there anything else? I mean, like, that's just it. Do you want second place? Second place is uh, like uh, uh, those like baked chips, jalapeno flavor ones. I don't really like kettle chips, yes. whatever. At least it has some flavor. Brand is. Okay. The jalapeno ones, perfect with every sandwich. I'm a Ruffles cheddar and sour cream guy. Although, and this is going to upset some people, Funyuns. I was a big Funyuns guy. You know why I stopped eating Funyuns? I went to I, you on Funyuns. I bought a bag of Funyuns and ate one and it was soaking wet. And just saying that makes me want to throw up into this microphone. I don't know why Were you it was. In the bath? No, I don't know. No, it was just, it was wet in the bag, dude. I don't know what that was. It makes me feel sick to even talk about. Let's not follow that up. Uh, Maxine, what's your take here? Fucking kettle jalapeno <laughs> chips. Boom. And, and Wes yep, is exactly, boom. is he's exactly right. They go great with every single sandwich. I don't care if it's hot or if it's cold. I don't care if it's from your shitty Safeway deli. I don't care if it's the best sandwich you've ever had. The jalapeno kettle chips always work. They always do. So unless you're eating... Unless you're eating a Philly cheesesteak, there's no reason for a sandwich to be hot. <laughs> Number one, ever. Have you heard ever, of a Cuban? Ever, ever. Factually accurate. He's right. Don't order Cuban. Also Cuban. Okay, okay. wow! No, that's, a panini. that's a panini. That's different. That's different. Doesn't feel different. Next uh, team, you Mr. put them Pickles, in your sandwich. Like, when, when you have a jelly sandwich. One, right? you, Next team? Well, no, there's a lot ahead, of questions West. flying my way. What are yeah, we, go what ahead, Wes. Mine's more important. Next team, is this the one that uh, Mr. Pickles has? I think it is. Yeah, yeah. Because that... When I was in my old sales job, there was a Mr. Pickles in uh, in uh, San Ramon. Maybe some of your listeners will know it. The one in San Ramon, it's, it was by like a Rite Aid, I think. And uh, I used to get like twice a week, go and get the tuna sub with Swiss and these chips. Yes. And I have very fond memories of eating those, that, that sandwich and these chips in my car. Yes, everything spilled onto my like my tie and my shirt that I had to wear for the sales job just <laughs> crumbed everywhere, but it was beautiful. Listening to podcasts. It was beautiful. I feel incredibly right in saying your question was not better than mine, especially <laughs> now that we've really heard you go into it. And to follow up on the far more important issue, Maxime, do you put the chips into your sandwich? Are you that kind of a weird dude? Like do you open up the bread and throw them in there? No, but listen, let me, let me be clear. I do that. Though I, though I do not do that. I totally respect that Wes does. These chips are that good that they totally hold up. If you want to put them in a sandwich. I put all chips on all sandwiches. Uh, that's weird. That's a weird thing. I don't even need it. I don't even need it to be a sandwich. If it's two similar objects, I'll just put the chips between those things. I, I mean, <laughs> hold them over. Whoa. I'm just going to let that sit for a while. Maybe we should bleep that. I don't, I don't even, I'm not even sure what to do with that information. And we're just going to let it sit just for a couple seconds. Okay. That's good. That's good stuff. Uh, back to the finals. Rapid fire. Ready? Will Tyler hero play? Yes. How early? Game four. Who will be the finals MVP? Mm, you're basically asking me who I think is going to win the finals, and I've not given a public prediction on this. That's my last question. Yet. Know that my next question is going to be who is going to win and in how many games. So finals MVP? Sure. Yep. <laughs> I mean, they won't hear it. Now it's going to get bleeped, you piece of shit. Unbelievable. Uh, 
Maxime, take this last question. We're just going to let that one ride. All right. Who wins and in how many games? Can I, can I just, I've been thinking about this. I have been thinking about this a lot, right? So this isn't just me treading water, but let me tell you, I'm in a bracket with some friends of mine for, for no money. Supposedly the, the winner of the bracket gets a sticker. So I don't know what's up with that, but, um, I have yet. So every single round we repick for the round. Okay. Wait, can we go back to the winning a sticker? That hella bothers me. Wes, that hella bothers me. I can't just move <laughs> yeah, on. I'm I'm really glad that, like, that. What's the sticker, dude? Why? What's the sticker of? Who came up with this? It's, it's unclear. It's unclear. It's unclear. And and I I feel you like you get uh, to put it on a piece a piece of like two million dollar art at a at a dead guy's apartment. Put it, put it on, it on forehead. Put it on forehead, and you let them know that you own them going forward. And the amount of inadvertent succession references have been just fantastic. Uh, Phenomenal. We need some details here, Maxime. What's yeah. the sticker? What's the sticker well, of? Like a so trophy it, it, or something? You're not you're not gonna like this answer. It's it's undetermined. I think it's a uh, you know. Oh my god. It, it, yeah. You guys just but, decided you're having a competition and the winner gets a sticker wait, of- Do you guys collect stickers? Are you guys like rare sticker collectors? I wish. It's not even rare. Like We're not even doing I, this for a rare sticker. I honestly sticker wish I didn't even tell sticker. you because this is so beside the point. The point is, is that every <laughs> single round, listen, every single round I have not picked the heat. I'm sorry, Wes. Literally every single round I have not picked the heat. And so here so I am. have no sticker. Right. Well, uh, yeah, clearly I'm not going to win this thing. But but here we are because you get to repick every round. And so here I am in the championship once again mm. picking against the Heat through clenched teeth because at this point they're making me pretty scared about picking against them. So I do have Denver. I do have them in five, which is admittedly aggressive, but I think home court advantage really matters here. And I, and I do think that Jokic is phenomenal. And I do think... That as opposed to, I mean, Thibodeau is an incredible coach, but let's be real, the Knicks aren't nearly as intense of a matchup as the Nuggets will be. Um, I think this is the second time, but really the first time, that Spo and the Miami Heat will be facing a legit coach and a legit team at the same time. And I think they're going to be a bit exposed. I'm sorry to say it. So I have the Nuggets in five. Two quick follow-ups from me, and then we'll ramp up to Wes. Follow one, the far less important thing, Denver in six. Uh, that roster makes sense. Jokic has realized himself as maybe the best player in the league. And if they haven't yeah. lost the momentum that they built during a sweep, I think they carry that right through. And I think that they ultimately win this. Um, and I think what Miami has done is incredible and a fantastic story and everything we've said stands, but I also think Devon six way more importantly, if I had like a deep competition with friends that I was taking seriously and I won and then they said, here's what you won, an undetermined sticker. I, I, don't, I don't know the kind of fury that I would be facing. I don't know who I'd have to talk about that. But it's preposterous, and it's really bothering me. So there, that's, I'm just going to throw that in there because I don't understand any of this. I think, I think the sticker I'm going to get is a, my child was an honor student at some middle school. Because like, I think it's, that's, like, that's the sticker of my dreams. So wait, it's like a joke sticker? <laughs> it's a nothing sticker. They Who said it's going to be a sticker? I don't like that person. Why didn't anybody wait, follow did up? you all sign off of it? Like, it's like, is this like one of those weird, like, like, business meetings? You're like, you know what would be great for this? This thumb thing? And you guys were like, hey, like, did you guys all sign off on the sticker? Or do you have, is it like a, is it like a Joe Lacob situation <laughs> where what one guy says is, and that's it. That guy's in charge. The latter, unfortunately. Okay. Yeah. Holy shit. Was it you? Who no, made that decision? It was not me. That person needs to be fired from whoever is it. They, they can no longer run your guys' competitions. I am stepping in. No more sticker competitions, Maxine. We would I, love to I, have I, you, Graham. 
Yeah, no, I stood we by. Beautiful you can climb trees. For you. you can do anything you want, dude, but no more <laughs> sticker competitions. I'm out on the sticker competition. Wes, to you. What do you think, dude? Who wins? How many games? If you say the bleeped name, he will not be named. <laughs> I mean, you can't use that joke again. You got to give us a no, fucking no, no, it's played. I, th- I thought I got, I had one more. I, I actually thought I was done, and then you asked me who finals MVP was, so you kind of teed it up for me. Um, I really don't know. I actually, my phone was dead for like an hour on the plane, and I just sat there like a weirdo in my seat, not doing oh, anything. Yeah. You ever see these people I like know. not doing anything? Yeah. My laptop was dead. My cell phone was dead. People were like, is this is this guy going to hijack the plane? That makes me um, so nervous. When I go to the bathroom and I don't have something to read, I read the back of shampoo bottles. That's a true story. I'm not good with like nothing to do, dude. So yeah, that, that's a nightmare scenario. And I just, I sat there and I just thought about this and I have no idea who to pick. I really, and I, I hate to say this, but I think Miami's going to do a really good job of crowding those passing lanes that Jokic wants to hit his cutters on. And they're going. I actually think we are going to see some zone in this series from Miami, and I think, and not not like a ton of it, but I think we'll see some of it. And then I think it's they're going to what they're going to try to do to Denver is force them into being a jump shooting team. Now, the interesting thing about these two teams that are left here in the finals are they're the bet they were the two best three point shooting teams in the playoffs. They're number one and number two three point shooting percentage wise in the playoffs. But they do it on like a quality over quantity basis. Like both of them average like 33 pointers a game. I think Miami's going to try to actually force them to crank that volume up to like 40, 45 a game and try to get their worst shooters to take those shots. And I think this is going to come down to three point shooting. Like I really, I, I think that's what it's going to come down to. Which one of these teams, like they shot 60% the Nuggets did against the Lakers in some of those games from three. Like ditto for the Heat. Like it was just crazy hot shooting for both these teams. Which one of these teams comes back to earth faster? I think that's what it's going to come down to. Um, so that's kind of my answer. I don't really an answer. Have to you didn't give me an answer. Earth. You gave me the why. You didn't give me the right, actual person. Seven. Give me the person. Who do you think is going to win? Heat and seven. Heat and seven. Heat and seven. There you go. Uh, I, I, just, I, had, I had to bring this up. This is from Wes's newsletter. And I just, it felt like Wes is over here giving us like strict analysis. And, and I just, I don't know. There's something about this, right? Wes is specifically calling out people that are saying like, oh, you think they could go all the way? Or, and here Wes is giving the analysis. And I just feel like this is exactly what you predicted happens. It's like, well, who's going to win? Who's the better team? And Wes is like, they're going to cut off the passing lanes. And I'm like, what, what does that even mean? <laughs> How do you feel about being busted out here, Wes? Uh, we're, we're looking at a, a highlighted portion of Wes's uh, newsletter, which to be fair... We've complimented it in the past, but I think he's using it to fuck you over here. How are you feeling about this? Yeah, I don't know. I was really proud of this newsletter, but what part are we looking at here? (laughs) (laughs) It's about succession and Vanderpump rules. Like, why? why This is a whole there's a whole section about basketball. Come on now. Don't sell yourself short. Oh, yeah, yeah. The Chris Mannix (laughs) thing. Everybody was stacked. So I said in real this is the part you highlighted. This is the part you care about (laughs) in real life. No one comes up to me and asks, hey, man. Did you see how Joker read the Lakers defense? And when they pinched against him on the shot, <laughs> on the short rule, he kicked it out, the strong side shooter. His anticipation is nuts. No. They say things like, you think the Lakers can go all the way? Or Durant to the Suns? Can anybody beat them? Or where do you think Kyrie ends up? Yeah. You're right, Maxime. 100%. I, now I understand what you were saying. Yeah. So I, I provide that analysis. People don't provide that analysis to me. 
That's why you get stickers okay. in your competitions. Which, which, to be fair, is my final question. And I don't, I don't have the, I don't know, the, the chops to give you this answer. And I don't have the connections to be able to really know the truth. But there's a rumor out there that says, as opposed to giving out a trophy this year, whoever wins is going to get a, a, a sticker. Do you, do you know that's true? Like, are they doing that to, to the final? Well, they got to name it after somebody since all this, all this shit has names now. It's going to be the Mexican. The Mexican of course sticker. it is. <laughs> Holy shit, Wes. So look, dude, look forward to this all week. Here we are. Just absolute delivery. We we really synthesized on the juju thing. I, I appreciated you for that. The sticker thing was also phenomenal. For people who need way more Wes Goldberg in their life, where do they go? Uh, at WC Goldberg on Twitter. I'm here in Denver covering the finals, and I'll be obviously back in Miami covering the finals when it's there. Um, so if you're interested in the finals, and you probably are if you listen this long, follow me there. Locked on Heat for the Heat perspective on things. Locked on NBA on Thursday nights for the NBA part of stuff. Um, and, yeah, everything that I'm doing writing-wise will be on Twitter. You know where the hell to follow us. Uh, you want to get us an email to let us know we did a good job, bad job, any job. Shoot us a question. Follow up on what the best movie snack is. You can shoot that email too. Jujubees at huddle.com. I mean, jujufruit at <laughs> huddle.com. The lack of respect here is just unacceptable, just completely unacceptable. If you want to follow us on Twitter, that's at sticker. Same thing for YouTube and Instagram. You can keep that in mind. Good stuff there. And with uh, all of that Intel, go Warriors. And hopefully we'll see you real soon. Good, good. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. This is the place where Black is the main character, where we dive into something new like the latest season of Them, The Scare, and the award-winning American fiction. Or add to the experience by buying or renting the biopic of a legend, Bob Marley, One Love. And add on channels like Paramount Plus and Stars to bask in nostalgia with Beverly Hills Cop and BMF. Explore Prime Video's culture-rated collection and enjoy old-school greats and new-school hits. Restrictions apply. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details.